Lunch time, business time, whatever you call it, it's time to get behind the black fins. We'll break down the biggest head-to-head matchups ahead of the Rugby World Cup semi-final against France. How much of a test will Wales be for the All Blacks on the Northern Tour? The fastest netballers in the world gear up for a weekend of non-stop action and we talk to a Kiwi music legend about the mashup of sport and music. Kia ora Aotearoa, I'm Zoe George and this is The Podium. Sports news but not as you know it from Stuff. It's the moment the World Cup's been waiting for, a real clash of the titans in the form of the Black Ferns against France. This is going to be a game where every player counts, but there'll be some decisive matchups which have the potential to swing the game. Stuff's Joseph Pearson and Paul Cully are with me. Kia ora team. Bonjour. Hey Zoe, how are you? All right, Joe, matchup number one, who is it and why? Well, it's difficult to go through all of the... They could do 15 matchups based on the starting 15s, but the first one I've gone with is Sarah Hirini versus the French captain Gail Omet. This is a loose forward battle, which is probably going to be where the match is won and lost around the breakdown and how how the Black Ferns can retain the ball and go through more phases against the, the French who are going to try and pinch the ball and steal it um, whenever they try and attack. Um, so Hirini is an incredibly experienced player, and she's won everything in the game already from in sevens and fifteens, and she's been very effective in this tournament. Wayne Smith yesterday said she's been outstanding all tournament after making that transition from sevens only, what, two months ago, essentially. She's got the nod ahead of Kennedy Simon, which I was a little bit surprised with. However, the reasoning sort of that Smith gave yesterday was that Simon's not quite up to like full match fitness yet, and she'll sort of bring an impact off the bench, is kind of how he worded it. But this is going to be a huge test against the French loose forward trio and Gail Omet is their captain. She was incredible on the tour last year when they beat the Black Ferns twice. So she's at number six, Hirony's at number seven. So you should see them clashing throughout the match and I think it's just going to be such an important area. OK, Paul, who's your first matchup? Well, I've got Chelsea Bremner versus uh, Madison Fall, uh, uh, the, the French lock. Something I've really noticed in this World Cup is that there are a number of standout um, ball carrying locks, whose whose job it is to uh, get their side go forward. Abby Ward does it really well for for England. Uh, Duca of Italy has done the same job too. And Fall for me is a is a key uh, woman in that French pack. She played eighty minutes in the in the game against England in the group stage. It's very unusual. French like to swap out their entire tight five as the game progresses. She is the the player in the tight five that the French go to to get them going forward. Uh, so far in this tournament, their defence has been exceptional. But really, if, if the Blackfords want to stop France uh, getting some momentum, they've got to stop her. As for Bremner, she's just a, an absolute glue in that pack. Outstanding player, good leader as well. I'm a little bit um, not surprised, but I think there's probably been a change in the pecking order beside her in the locking position. Uh, Maya Roos has had an outstanding tournament, but in these big games, I think Bremner's experience is going to be vital. Well, that's quite interesting. Yes, it's it's fascinating looking at the way that the French play the game versus the way that we play the game. They're very uh, defensive. It's uh, Arguably, they're one of the toughest defensive teams. But on the flip side, we are the fastest team, no doubt. So I wonder which style of rugby is going to win. I think the Black Ferns are going to have to play a different style. I don't think they're going to be able to get consistently get the uh, the quick ball that they that they want and i think there's a i think Wayne Smith has recognized that by um changing up his fullback i think Rene Holmes brings more of a kicking game i think what you'll see is that the 
the black ferns on occasion will decide we're not going forward. We're not getting the, the speed of ball that we want. So we're going to play for territory. And basically you can forget about everything that's happened so far in this tournament because Saturday is, is a big pressure occasion. You know, the French are a better team than the black ferns have played already. But the main thing is, is that this is a, this is a pressure night. This is genuine pressure. This is far bigger than anything that's happened in the tournament so far. The Black Ferns are favourites and, you know, the weight of expectations on them. Yeah, I just also echo some of Paul's comments there about this. The whole season is obviously about this fortnight and this game and it would be very, very rough uh, if they were to lose to the French because it would just be an enormous disappointment after, I guess, the high of the last six months where they've improved so much. It is in front of a home crowd, though, and, and we knew what happened when they played Australia in their opening game, sort of 27 minutes in or something. We were 17 down and the jitters were still going, but when they found their form, they were straight into it. Joe, you've picked Ruahe Dumont, the co-captain, as one of your game makers and changes. Uh, who's she facing this weekend? Yeah, Dumont is up against a very, very mercurial classic French playmaker, number 10, Caroline Druan, who's got a bit of a sevens background. And um, Wayne Smith yesterday also said that she probably has the best attacking kicking game in the tournament. And she also likes to run as well. And, and she's she can be erratic, as I said, like she is prone to the odd mistake, but it's because she's trying. I think Box of Tricks is how it was put yesterday. And she's a very, very dangerous player. But Demant as well, who's been outstanding in the tournament, her running game, like she she's very smart. Like she runs into space and runs into contact when she needs to. And also I think she's got the most offloads in the competition with 12. So she's very effective at finding and making, creating space for others. And um, her kicking game isn't quite as good as Duran. In fact, I don't think it's anywhere near as good because Duran's is, is exceptional. But she will probably have to kick more because the Black Ferns face potentially being stuck in their own 22 because that's sort of the French tactic is to is to go for territory as we saw last week against Italy. If it does become an arm wrestle, that suits the French. So I think Demant, whoever gets the better of these uh, these two, Demant and Duran, is, could potentially be the difference between the two sides just because it's a bit of a clash of styles between them because Demant will probably try and run the ball more whereas Duran will just kick, kick and turn the Black Ferns around. <sighs> but speaking of running... Paul, you've picked Portia Woodman as one of your game makers. Who's she facing? She's facing Joanna Grise, who got a hat-trick last week against Italy. I mean, what do you need to say about Portia Woodman? Just outstanding, just has it all. I think we've really seen this tournament as well, how good she can be defensively, and like game-changing hits on defence. And of course, when she gets a ball, she can go around you or she can go over the top of you. Grace is just a finisher. Good work rate. Last week, really good understanding with her fullback, Emily Boulard. So I think those two, um, Joe mentioned it, the style of game that the French play, um, very much territory-based, etc. But if you kick poorly to them, they will run it back. And Boulard and, and Grise, they're the, they're the danger, the main threats out wide. As I say, she's got a great work rate, um, always hanging around Boulard, looking for the offload. So, yeah, Woodman's got uh, got her hands full this weekend. Okay, ultimate question. Can the Black Ferns do it? I, I think they, they certainly can. As, as Paul mentioned earlier, I think they perhaps are slight favourites with that home advantage, as you, as you said. Uh, honestly, if I had to make a call, I would say the French will win by a few, less than a try, less than seven points. I think they'll just be too strong defensively 
And I think the Black Ferns will, will struggle to get out of the half if the French get on top. And I think the only way the Black Ferns can win is if they start well and blitz sort of the French in the first 20 or 30 minutes and get a lead and get confidence and belief. And once they get that belief and the French sort of struggle, say if the French start to struggle, then that could be how they're going to win the game. Paul? No, I'm not, I'm not having that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, I think the Black Ferns will win. I think that the improvements they've made since November have been astronomical. I think there's going to be some really uncomfortable moments on Saturday, some real pressure moments where they're going to feel a strain. France are a good, good team, deserve a lot of respect. But I, I think that the Black Ferns, uh, I think they know their best team now. And that's been a real process for Wayne Smith. I think he knows his best 23. I think they're playing with increased cohesion. And I think DeMont, Fitzpatrick, Fleuler, 10, 12, 13 are going to be key at the weekend. Well, and this is the thing. We've come into this uh, semi-final as well with a whole lot of rugby under our belts. This time last year when we played France, we hadn't played test rugby in, what, two years or something? So we've got way more experience now. There's been a lot of upheaval within that team. It's going to be an exciting game. I, you know, of course, I would love to see the Black Ferns win. I just can't pick it, but I, I do agree with you, Joe. I think it's going to come down to less than a try score-wise. There's only going to be a couple of points in it, and it's going to be one hell of a game. I just want to stress that I hope I'm wrong because I don't want to do coverage next week for a bronze final ah. for the Black Ferns. <laughs> that, would, that would be pretty bleak. <laughs> Fair enough. Well... Coach Wayne Smith is confident his team won't get overwhelmed and is enjoying the team's energy. It's a totally different vibe to anything I've ever been involved in. They're more excited than anything. There's a lot of music on the bus and a lot of chatter, and, and I'm just not used to that. It's good because they've got joy, you know, they, 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 like this is joy for them. They're not uptight like the men are. This is just pure joy and excitement of being able to go out and have it. You know, in front of their family and have a crack. Black Ferns fullback Renee Holmes, Nati Puro, is loving the crowd, supporting the team. She describes the spectators as our people, supporters there to watch women's rugby. And she's grateful for her own band of friends and Fano who travelled from Gisborne to support her and the side. You know, there's not many, not many get to, you know, make it out there and live, live their dreams. So um, I think. I always give credit back to my community because I've always got them around me and to see them like that opening at Eden Park, I don't know how many were there, but <laughs> there was a lot. And that's the reason why we play. That's the reason why I play, to you know, to give back to those kind of people that have been there since day one. More than 20,000 tickets have been sold and there's still time to get amongst the crowd at Eden Park to see who makes it to the final. They're as cheap as five bucks to so get the family, get some friends together and get out there. Joe, I'll see you there. Cool. See you there, Zoe. Looking forward to it. Should be a big occasion. The All Blacks squeaked home against world number 10 Japan last weekend, but will face a sterner test this week against Wales on the first official stop of the Northern Tour. Staff reporter Rob Van Royen is with us. Kia ora, Rob. Hi there, Zoe. So the Black Ferns beat Wales last week. Can the All Blacks follow in their footsteps? Oh, uh, look, I'd say they, they probably will. It's, I mean, the, Whale, the Wales are out to end a 69-year drought against the All Blacks. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a big test for the All Blacks. Playing in, in Cardiff is always a tough one. Um, they've made a, a, a raft of changes to the side that did overcome Japan. I mean, only four, um, four run-on survivors in, in the team uh, this week. So um, this is mu- a much stronger All Blacks team, Ian Foster's name, this week. Um, and that's despite they've lost a lot of players uh, to, to injury 
including uh, this morning we've just heard Will Jordan won't play again this year. That in a year uh, issue he's had is, is lingering. Obviously, Captain Sam Kane's gone. Yeah, some people will argue with that Dalton Papa Ali'i, Shannon Frizzell and Artie Sevilla loose forward trio is, is, is better now, though. I mean, this is what a lot of people have been saying, that Sam Kane's captaincy has demanded his selection in the number seven jersey. Uh, is he really the best seven? Uh, we'll, we'll find out. I mean, this is a great opportunity for Dalton Papa Ali'i. Mm, and, um, and have you got a prediction for the scoreline? Oh, I'd probably, probably All Blacks um, sort of, you know, between... Between seven and twelve, uh, interestingly, Geordie Barrett is starting at twelve. They've gone with him. He was so good against the the Wallabies in that last rugby championship test. Um, yeah, and this this is even with David Havili and Anton Leonard Brown available. He's got another run at twelve. So uh, interesting selection there by the All Blacks. I um, mean, this is a good Welsh side as well. I mean, they, they they were rubbish during the Six Nations this year. They finished fifth. They did beat um, South Africa in one of their three tests in, in that June. July window, um, but yeah, under Wayne Kiwi coach Wayne Pivak, it hasn't been a great year for, for them, but I do like the look of this side. I mean, they've got uh, the old veteran Alan Wynne jones on the bench. I mean, a, a, a real uh, battler he is, um, you know, with uh, Lee Halfpenny, George North, Ken Owens, the likes of those. They've got some really good players, um, but yeah, all, all Blacks probably by around that 10 margin. We're going to get up early, don't we, on Sunday morning? Yeah, 4.15 kickoff Sunday morning, nice and early. Oh, goodness. Maybe we'll just stay up after the Black Ferns game and just, you know, <laughs> find a pub somewhere to watch it. Wow, yeah, I'm sure there'll be some, some T20 cricket to tie people over as well in between. Oh, absolutely. Rob, thanks so much. No worries. And we have another World Series kicking off this weekend. Netball's very fast and very furious. Fast Five gets underway in Christchurch tomorrow. The world's top-ranked six teams will play in this fast-moving, condensed version of the game. Fast Five Ferns coach Debbie Fuller explains how the game works. It's a modified version of the game of netball when there are only five players on the court. So it is without the wing attack and wing defence. So you have two shooters one centre and two defenders. Um, and the games, uh, each quarter is six minutes long and you can sub, uh, make as many subs throughout the game as, as you would like. There's no stoppages. So to say it's fast and furious is an understatement. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, does it take a bit of different type of fitness to be able to play fast five for New Zealand compared to playing for the Silver Ferns? Absolutely. Uh, you have to be able to come in and, come on the court, activate and play quite explosively for a period of time. And you also have massive space. So usually playing with seven, um, you can defensively dictate a attacker away or on attack you can create space with your, your, with your teammate. But in fast five, it's all about space and pace and accuracy of the shot. New Zealand, let's face it, we're the best at this, aren't we? <laughs> Well, we, we have got a great history, but um, as I said to my team, it's a clean slate. That means nothing to us in terms of this playing group um, because if you, you know, if you dine out on your history, then you're on the back foot already. So we're very acutely aware that um, our opposition teams have brought strong, um, experienced players to come into this competition because everybody's been starved of international competition because of COVID. So this is a real opportunity for our countries to look at the next layer down, building into World Cup next year in South Africa. I mean, this is the first time since before COVID. Was it 2017 or something like that? 
2018 in Melbourne, we um, played Class 5 last. So it's been yeah, nearly four years that we've been without this um, opportunity. So what can we expect from the New Zealand side this weekend? Oh, look, we've got shooters that are prepared to explore their range. Um, with Fast Five, you get rewarded for being able to have long-range accuracy. So you get three points when you shoot outside the circle, two points from within the circle, and one point when you're under the post. So it's a great challenge for shooters. And we've got Alia Dunn, Tiana Matuado, Phil DeVille from Mystics, and Georgia Heffernan from the Steel. So the variation in their shooting style is awesome. And our mid-court, our engine room, is the wonderful Sammy Winders, who just goes on all day, Taylor Earl, who's got a massive work rate, and Kimmy Poi, who's really dynamic with um, how she changes direction and plays onto the ball. And then defensively, we've got Chris Manawa from Pulse, we've got Kate Burley from Steel, and we have got, oh gosh, she's oh, Ali Timu from Stars. Will Australia be the toughest competition here? Australia will be tough. You know, they've got, they've got experienced, well, new but experienced shooters who have just finished the international and Sophie Garbin who played in that Australia test um, and Sophie Dwyer and um, the Thunderbirds goal attack who are all long range accurate because Aussie play with that three point rule in their Suncorp competition so in their domestic competition um, long range shooting accuracy is, is part of what they're used to but you can never underestimate, we've got Uganda first up um, and you can never underestimate the African teams with their athleticism and their hunger The competition starts tomorrow with doors opening at 11.30, Australia and Jamaica open the competition followed by the Ferns against debutantes Uganda and uh, the gin bar also opens at 5.30 Drink responsibly, Mum. At the Rugby League World Cup, it's the quarterfinals in the men's competition. The Kiwis will be desperate to avoid a repeat of 2017 when they were defeated by Fiji on home soil. They're facing Fiji again in the same stage of the competition in the English city of Hull on Sunday. Former Kiwi Ferns player and staff columnist Honey Hitomi Smiler is warning not to underestimate those fast Fijians. They've got some pretty good, uh, you know, NRL players running around that they've they've done pretty well through their pool stages as well. Um, so yeah, I, I wouldn't uh, rule them out too quickly. They got especially like the likes of Api Corusel in the middle there for Fiji. He seems to be the mastermind behind that team and getting them some really good go for it. And you know that they play with that real Fiji and flair, so it'll be frantic. And our boys, I think, have been going well defensively. But, oh, they've got to sort out their attack. It's, it's been a little bit loose and somewhat clunky in a lot of parts. So hopefully uh, Jerome, you know, is probably back to full fitness now. He had an outstanding game for us uh, through throughout the week. So, yeah, I think he'll start firing and then uh, pull, pull, pull our attack back in line, hopefully. It's, um, it's quite incredible to look at the number of teams from the Pacifica region. Uh, Papua New Guinea play England, but the other big matchup is Donga versus Samoa. Do you have a pick for that one? Yeah, I mean, I'll probably pick Tonga because I think, you know, uh, just their pack is probably a bit more stronger going forward. Obviously, they've got Tomololo uh, leading them uh, up up front there and, and he's, well, I suppose, what you could call the the inspiration behind this, you know, this whole Tongan rugby league movement once he chose to, to go back and play for Tonga. The rest followed and... Um, yeah, and they've been really strong throughout the Rugby League World Cup. But that, that Pacific um, influence throughout 
specifically the men's competition, has been really great to see, you know, these players choosing to go back and, and play for, you know, play for their own country. It's been amazing. I think it's just so wonderful um, to see these nations, you know, our neighbours, our Pacific neighbours being represented on the world stage like this. The Kiwi Ferns also start this week. Can you believe that they lost their gear in a fire? How unfortunate. Yeah, well, it was only for 24 hours. They were able to go back in and get get their gear. and It wasn't caught up in the fire, so they were able to recover it all. And it was quite a trying time for them, obviously, especially with, uh, you know, things like their passports and phones and all of that. They weren't able to contact their families. But, yeah, tr- true to, I suppose, the Kiwi way, you know, they all got around each other and supported each other through that time and, Speaking with a couple of them online, you know, they're 100% focused, which is what they're over there to do, and they're over there to do the job, and that's to bring that World Cup home. That's Honey Hitami Smiler. The Kiwi Ferns have made a storming start to their Rugby League World Cup campaign in the UK, demolishing France 46-0. And in the other games at the women's tournaments earlier this week, England thrashed Brazil 72-4 in the opening game of the tournament at Headingley. The match against Brazil Amazonas, playing only their third game of Rugby League, set a crowd record for the women's game in the UK. And we've got two more weeks of action, so lots more to come. And we can't forget the T20 Cricket World Cup. The Black Caps will face Ireland late Friday. If they win, they're through to the semis. If they lose, they need Australia to lose to Afghanistan to make it through. Whew, interesting times. And you can follow all the coverage at stuff.co.nz and we'll bring you all the analysis on Monday. And huge news out on Thursday. The football ferns will be getting some top competition in the run-up to the 2023 FIFA Women's Football World Cup with two home matches against the United States early next year. The four-time world champs USA have never played in this country before and matches will be held in Wellington on January 18 and Auckland three days later at a very rowdy media conference. I mean, who's not excited by this? New Zealand and Phoenix player Paige Satchel was delighted about the news. Yeah, it's a big deal. I mean, the US are an amazing team. I mean, they're ranked number one in the world, so it's an amazing opportunity for us to play them leading up to the World Cup. Uh, it's exciting that we have home games. Uh, we haven't played at home for quite a while. Bring it on. It's exciting times. The Black Ferns won't be the only big show on the field at the World Cup semi-finals this weekend. Kiwi music legends Rob Ruha and Shapeshifter are playing the halftime shows. And you might recognise this epic anthem. Shapeshifter frontman Paola Apera, a.k.a. P-Digs, told me the band was chuffed when they were asked to play. The Women's Rugby World Cup, <laughs> we were like, hell yeah, let's go, give the girls some support and, and you know, what an honour to be asked. Yeah, totally. I mean, what does it mean for you and, and the band? We just like supporting the country, especially the wahine, what they're doing. And, you know, we're, we're sports fans as well and everyone in the band, we, all, we grew up playing rugby, cricket and all that stuff. Also surf and skate and all that stuff. Many times when we're doing shapeshifter stuff, we will use rugby analogies. <laughs> we, we love rugby, love the sports, and we're stoked to be a part of it. Yeah, what's your favourite rugby analogy? Feed the backs. <laughs> <laughs> Feed the backs, get it out. <laughs> but, <you> know, um, yeah. <laughs> 
that's all really. And I mean, what's been your connection with other than being a, a rugby fan? What's your connection to rugby? Well, I, I played rugby for high school and all that. It was massive, like uh, all through my high school, I was in team sports and um, my prefect was Josh Cronfield. And he was a massive inspiration to all of us. And to see someone from our area going all the way to be one of the greats in all black history mm. it was inspirational for lots of us. So, yeah. What um, position did you play? I started off when I was quite quick. I really enjoyed <laughs> fullback and then centre. Around first, second, five centres, I enjoyed that. It was more physical, more tackling. Mm. Uh, I quite liked tackling. I'm throwing my body in there. Yeah, and the women, my goodness, some of them can tackle as well. <laughs> oh, hell yeah, I've watched a couple of their games. The, the Black Ferns, far out, the, the women. The nuggets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, and athletic as well, awesome athleticism and... Oh, it's just amazing to see. For those who may not have experienced Shapeshifter before, I mean, you've been around 22 years. What can the crowd expect from the halftime show at the Rugby World Cup? Oh, we're going to bring some good energy at least. It's going to be a mixture of, of our classics, I guess. So we'll bring the energy up. Yeah. We'll bring it up. Can't wait to cut some shapes. And that's the podium. I'm Zoe George, and on behalf of our guests this week, producer John O'Williams and Philip Tolly, and audio editor Connor Scott, Thanks for listening. You can get in touch with us now via email, thepodium at stuff.co.nz. We'd love to hear your thoughts about the Black Ferns, the Fast Five, whatever it is. Get in touch. We'll see you Monday. Until then, Namihi, go well. If you don't have time to read the in-depth stories or you just prefer to listen instead, The Long Read From Stuff is the podcast for you. Each week we showcase one of our excellent pieces of journalism, telling important or entertaining stories from the world of crime, sport, history, culture and more. You also get to hear from the journalists themselves about how they uncovered the story and how it came to life. So for your weekly dose of long-form journalism, beautifully read, subscribe to The Long Read From Stuff wherever you get your podcasts.